Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me with another episode of When I'm High. Man, I almost forgot the name of my own podcast. Um, I like to call all of you weed freaks and can curious and potheads and whatever name you like to call yourself. Uh, so we are starting with a new interview. Uh, today, we have Justice Sanford. He is from uh, a fun show called Da Kitchen Couch. Yes, it is Da Kitchen Couch uh, through Hello City Studios. You can find them on theweedtube.com. Um, I am actually starting to uh, post my episodes up there as well. Uh, but Justice, thank you. Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. No, nope. we're really looking forward to to be uh, be able to bring you season two of The Kitchen Couch. We just got done our season one at the end of December, and we've been working, trying to get that in uh, in full cycle. So it's really nice to get out and start talking to people about what's going on. And I thank you for having us. Nice. Thank you for uh, reaching out to me to, uh, to be on this podcast. Uh, so you host uh, that show, The Kitchen Couch with, is it Riley? Yeah, co-host with it. And it's like a three-way because we also got Liam, and he shoots the camera, but he comes up with a lot... Pretty much a lot of the ideas, right? Like he comes up with kind of a script and it's really sweet. Nice. And can you describe to the people um, a little bit more about what you do? What is the show all about? Uh, why should people come check you out? All right. So our show, it, it's kind of a silly show. We don't really follow too many rules. We kind of like to have a few traditions, but we make edibles and it's legal here in Canada, where where it is legal for you guys too. In some places, yes. <laughs> yeah, some places, yeah. So we have the luxury of being able to do this legally, where we can make edibles, and we we have a couch that's in Riley's kitchen, and we make the edibles and smoke, and we just don't leave the couch, and it's 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 kind of like a a comedy show where y- you never know what's gonna come out next, you know, like. A lot of the times we do like spur of the moment improvisation stuff in it, and it just it ends out coming out in such a way that like it, it's really fun to do. Yeah, well, you know, making food with cannabis and getting high all at the same time. I I don't think there's a uh, I don't think that's a that that is a recipe for success, my people. <laughs> It checks all the boxes, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, yeah, your episodes are pretty short, and they're a lot of fun. It's uh, you're you're showing how to people how how to make uh, a pretty simple recipe all from your couch, which is crazy. You got hot plates and stuff. Um, I didn't realize that the ca- the couch was actually in the kitchen. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, everybody should go uh, check out The Kitchen Couch. I will obviously post all of your links uh, in the show notes so people can go find you. Um, and I think that we are probably going to have Riley on here on my show as well. And, um, uh, you know, Liam, he should probably be on the show as well. He's the, he's the third stooge of you guys. So yeah, we got to talk to all of you. Yeah, man, there's, the, there's lots of great things that Liam could say, right? Like he, he's got such a different take on it. And like that's what's great about having three people is that they can all put their parts into it and it comes out in such a way that you just wouldn't get if you were by yourself or you didn't have anyone else around, right? Absolutely, yeah. You always need those other minds to help sort of round out whatever whatever it is you're working on. One person can't do it all. Um, so we uh you know, we're gonna now get into your personal history 
and your thoughts and your experiences with cannabis. Um, I don't think I really explained a whole lot about um, what this show is all about, but yeah, this is all about you, man, and what's what's your experience like? So my first question is always, tell me the first time you got high, and uh, what was that situation like? Who were you with? What were you doing? Uh, and then what did it feel like to be high for that first time? So I can I can totally remember that time, and uh, I was at a, a buddy's birthday party of mine, and it was it was really good. It it was a it was a shock to me because it was something that I had never felt before and just like almost electrifying the first time. Really, you're like this is different, right? Mm. And then and then coming with that, like you find almost like a side of you that you didn't see before, right? I I just um I just went from there. Like it wasn't it wasn't an everyday type of thing, but I enjoyed it as well, right? Being someone that had struggled with a little bit of mental illness, it definitely changed that around a little too. So I found that that helped and it just helped move move my life forward. That sounds really good. Um, how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I think the first time was at, at around 16. But then uh, it that was only a one-off that led maybe another two years down the road was when I started kind of experimenting and figuring out if it was even for me at the time, right? Because that was at a time where the legalization in Canada was about to switch and it was about to become legal. But for for a couple of years there, it wasn't. So it was kind of like a something you wouldn't want to talk about, right? Yeah, you, uh, you young folks <laughs> have it much easier than a lot of these older folks. I mean, I know people who, who have been waiting for it to become legal in some place for for decades upon decades, and uh, you only had to wait maybe two or three years. So yeah, I'm, well, I'm happy for you. It, with uh, being able to understand what it was, right? Like a clarity came later, and is is still right. Like you figure out what's what's good and what what great good things you can get out of it as well. Yeah. So you mentioned that you um you that that this helped with some some mental illness. Um do you mind going into that a little bit more? Absolutely, man. So for for a lot of much like every every teenager that goes through the teens, I I have suffered with a little bit of depression. I wouldn't say it's like staggering, but I've always had some sort of something that wasn't feeling all right. Like, you know, when you just know that something isn't right. Mm -hmm. So that, that carried through a lot of my teens. And then when, when I started using cannabis recreationally, I'll call it, I just noticed that that feeling wasn't as prominent anymore. And that that feeling didn't kind of weigh in on all my decisions. And it kind of was like a, a chance for me to see who I was. Right. Given the fact that there's also, what the uh, side effects of smoking weed would be, right? So it was it was interesting because it it helped me at that time when I needed it. Yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, and that sounds really good. Do you, you know, how many years has it been now? Um, it, it's been a few years since since you first started to to notice the how it helped you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, as I said, it's been since... Uh, it would have been 2015 so okay it's been six years now yeah yeah and do you get the same effects from it helping with 
um, you know, your minor case of de- uh, uh, depression. Do you think that it has helped you the same these days as it did back, you know, six years ago? Well, I think there's somewhat of a, a personal habit, just like if someone liked going out on the weekends or if someone liked getting, I don't know, if they if they did a, like a takeout every morning before they went to work, you know, if that was your thing, mm-hmm. then that's your thing, right? So that was my thing. And I found that it helped. Of course, you, you figure out pretty quickly what's going to help you and what isn't going to help you, right? Like you, you, you can be destructive with almost anything. So you, you really try to tame that side down more than anything and keep it to protect yourself. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to overdo anything too much. No, it makes it, it makes an unnecessary danger, right? Like there's a lot of great that should be focused about cannabis and it's not because people don't act responsibly and you really should. Yeah, and I do think that that is changing a bit over the years. It does seem like it's getting a bit better, but yeah, I mean, you got to treat it like anything else. Uh, everything in moderation uh, and, you know, just just be responsible. Yeah, and having, having the previous... Uh, before it was legal stigmas follow it around didn't didn't help people with not rebelling against that but but it's not that's not really what it's about if you really use it for yourself right yeah yeah um so when you think about just the idea of getting high in general and your specific life are there any stories that jump out at you as being you know some of the your uh, most favorite or most memorable memories of being high or getting high absolutely so this one the story involves riley which is great because riley as you know is part of the couch but i'd like to shout out riley's riley's got a great band called the new millennials and there was a time just after riley and i had gone to college for music it might have been in the middle actually and we were going to play uh, a music festival because we were going to music college is where we met. And it was it's all got a, a funny way of coming back to you and you find. But we were going to play this music festival. And I remember it was called Peace East 420 Fest. So that makes for one, one hell of a T-shirt right there. <laughs> yeah. And I remember Riley and I wore our favorite T-shirts. Obviously, you wouldn't want to not look the part at a festival like this. So... We, I remember we drove all the instruments down on the back of a four-wheeler, which was absurd, a, a really questionable idea. But we did, and this place, if you could imagine just like a whole bunch of people that live out in the country that are that want to throw Woodstock but really can't afford to, but they they gave it a good try. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the setting we were sitting in at this festival, and there was a tent that you could buy weed in and smoke joints in. And it was just this huge, like, white tent with, like, clouds made of foam hanging down from the ceiling. And there was, like, hay bales that were wrapped in almost, like, this white wrap, this white plastic wrap. And we were just sitting in there having a few joints. We had walked around because everywhere around this venue that we were about to play had like edible stands and other like apparel stands. So we walked around and had, maybe we had taken, I'm not going to disclose a number, but it might be 400 milligrams of like edibles by then. Wow. And we were smoking joints. So we were obviously having a, a pretty fun time. 
And then I remember we went to go up and the vibe was so chill that someone stopped Riley on the way and was like, hey, man, I like your shirt. And he goes, thanks, man. I like yours, too. And they just walk away. It was such it was such an embracement in a time that it didn't feel like it was being embraced because of the as I said, it was that switchover period. Right. Of legality. And we went up, we played his set as we as at the at this time I was playing in the band with him and we just had a, an amazing time like it it was my favorite time of being high absolutely I love that story uh it's just it's just good vibes all over the place I was fully expecting uh that when you said that they they uh, recognized each other's shirts and complimented their shirts I was fully expecting you to say that they just uh they swapped shirts they just uh, they gave them to each other and went on their way and that was it that would have been would have been monumental man that would have <laughs> been amazing but like for years after that every time Riley wore that shirt to school I like your shirt man I'd get him with it right nice nice um, and obviously throughout the whole interview, if, if there are any stories that come to mind, please tell them because I just love, I love getting those. I, I, I say that to everybody. So I'm sure my listeners are a little bit, uh, bored with that statement, but I, I love to hear the stories. Awesome. Um, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having us on. Yeah, of course. Um, all right. So we'll get into some more specifics here. What uh, do you have a preferred method of intake? Is it smoking? Is it edibles? Is it something else? For me, I love smoking a joint. Like that will always be the way you should do weed for me, honestly. Because sometimes when I take edibles, I get I get a little crazy, and it and it and it ends up biting me. So I don't always recommend edibles. But if you if you know what you're doing, I I always love smoking a good joint. Nice. Yeah. And obviously it's going to hit you a lot faster and, you know, we don't always have the time to plan ahead with an edible. So that makes sense. Well, I used to smoke cigarettes. So in a way that kind of gets rid of that for me because I had since quit that because that's not good for you. No, it's not good for you. So congratulations on that. Thanks, buddy. Um, And then how often do you smoke? Is it every day, once a week? It's usually daily when I get home. Like, Obviously, when I first discovered it, it, it was an excess. There was an excess there that you mm. realize what you can get done and what you can't get done, right? So for me, it's like if I come home and it's and it's my chill time, I'm probably going to smoke a little bit, depending on what I have to do, right? If I have to do something, I'm not going to smoke, right? Yeah, so this is more about like, it's time to relax. This is what I'm going to do, and it's going to make the relaxing even better. Yeah, yeah, and it's just usually kind of like a daily thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, obviously I don't want this to come off in any way, but um, how much do you usually uh, smoke at a time or or uh, in a day? Well, if if I'm, I figured out that it depends on how long I have in a day. So, like, if I just came up from a job where I was working early mornings, so if I had like the day to sit around i could i could polish off a couple grams or if not three you know in a day mm-hmm. so but if i if i'm coming home from your typical nine to five i'm i find i'm not even smoking near as much and i'm getting just as much as enjoyment out of it too right yeah yeah absolutely and you know it's maybe a few hours at at the end of the day then it's time for bed and yeah yeah and and as i said before like i've been i've been smoking weed for like six years man so I probably need more than you do. 
but <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's got a different tolerance. I love I love talking to people, and you know, it's oh, you know, it's maybe here and there, and then other people are like, oh, yeah, it's we every day. We never. Uh, sorry to cut you off again. I, f- I keep doing that, but we never uh, posted any of it yet. But we've always had this idea that I came up with called the Buster Challenge, and uh, I I or you might call it a grinder, but I fill the grinder full and you try to polish it off bowl after bowl because the bong was the easiest method for me until you can clear the whole buster in a row. And th- and that was always my thing. I That's kind of, I started doing, I think it was Snapchats of it. And Riley mm. was like, you got to get this on the show. I mean, hey, how hard would that be, right? And and that, that puts your tolerance up, right? Like, so for a while there, I had to, I had to really look at what was actually going on right and really how much you need to smoke for that time yeah that's definitely a lot uh but yeah i mean yeah your, your tolerance is gonna go way up real fast with that um yeah that uh that sounds like a pretty fun challenge that uh you know i don't think that would be too hard for you to to get in your show so maybe uh, people can start looking for the the buster slash grinder challenge and they can yeah. start uh, doing their own as well not sure what you call it there, but I call it a buster here. Yeah, we call them grinders here. Um, so I, I'd never heard of the term buster for that, but uh, I guess that's a that's just a a nationality thing, a location thing. It was amazing because like I had one of my buddies on video call, and when I said it, he said what? And that's how I knew that you guys call it something different, right? And mm. that, it's so interesting that isn't the opposite, or that it's not. Like, I don't ever, sometimes you hear someone call it a grinder, but usually everyone calls it a buster. It's interesting that that's different, but you're so close, right? Yeah, it's like um, here in the States, in certain parts of the country, people say pop, and some people in other parts of the country say soda, and then some people will say soda pop, and some people will say Coke, and they all mean the same thing, but everybody uses these different words for it. That That's funny you bring that up, because I actually, here in Canada, it is pop. That is what they'll say. And I got it from a young fucking time. I got it at being soda for some reason. And I ha- I always said it and people always corrected me in Canada. <laughs> so it's funny you bring that up. Yeah. So you were like one of the few people who said soda in yeah. the whole country. <laughs> nice. I wonder if you, so you guys are on the East Coast. I think it's mostly an East Coast American thing to say soda. So I wonder if uh, there was some some bleed over over there, but I don't know. I always say pop. I blame my grandmother. I'm sure that's why. Yep, yep. I'll blame her too. Um, okay, so oh, how? I don't know if this is ever if anybody's ever said this to you, but have has anybody ever described to you what you are like when you're high? No, no, never. Actually, I'd really like to hear this. <laughs> yeah, I. It's not something that really comes up too often, but I do like to ask that because you never really know. Um, okay, so when you first take a hit, or a whole buster, or a whole joint, or whatever it is, when you start to feel high, what what is it that you uh, that you're feeling that you know? Okay, I'm starting to be high. It's what what are you feeling physically and mentally? Okay, so. So physically, I've got a ringing in my ear called tinnitus. Mm. And when I get high, because like I have a musical sort of background, I start hearing the ringing a little bit better and a little bit different. And 
that has always been my way to know if I was high or not. Because sometimes you can smoke and not feel high. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you. Hmm. So the ringing actually changes. You hear the ringing differently. It doesn't go away, but you just hear it differently. Yeah, I can hear three of them. Three, like three different uh, pitches? Yeah. Interesting. It would almost be frequencies because one's like there's a it's it ranges, right? Yeah. So I wonder if those are always happening. And then when you get high, you're able to hear just literally hear them differently. Uh, and then that's when you can pick out the different frequencies. I I think so, because like when throughout the workday and throughout my normal day, I don't notice it as much, right? But as I said, when I smoke, I hear it some somehow more. That's super interesting. Um, is, th- is there anything else that you start to feel or think about to know that you're high? Well, for me, it's like a focus thing, right? Like I can focus in on one thing really well if I had something to smoke. Not saying I can't when I don't. But for me, it's just like it stands out to me. It becomes kind of vivid. Yeah, well, my next question, especially because we were talking about the tinnitus thing, my next question is how does your level of focus change when you get high? Uh, you know, it seems like you're focusing more on the tinnitus, um, but just in general, how how does focus change? Well, I, I find I get a little, a little would be a stupid word, but a lot more silly, even mm. though I am kind of that way, but like maybe I'll be just a little bit more committed to being whatever the heck's going on. And like, I like that. It's like a looseness that if if I was uptight and really drawn back all day, you wouldn't you wouldn't understand and I wouldn't be able to put out to people, right? So um when you are sober, how would you describe yourself? Introvert, extrovert, what are sort of some of the like personality traits um that you feel like are really strong in you? Well, I try to I try to be quiet unless I'm comfortable in a situation, and then I'm probably far too loud. <laughs> uh, and so, so you tend to be on the quieter side um, when you're sober, unless, like you said, unless you're you know in a comfortable situation. Um, so, do you feel so? You and I, I asked that because you said that you start to feel more silly and more committed to whatever it is that you're feeling at the time. Uh, do you feel like you you then just basically you feel more comfortable to just sort of be more of yourself? Absolutely, and I find I don't care it, what someone says because I'm in this moment, right? Like I have this sort of content feeling that it's gonna be all right regardless. Yeah, I really like that. And I, th- I think that's a pretty common theme. Um, any other thoughts on focus in general? I, I just think it's great. Like for me, it's like, it's like you know how someone says having a second opinion is great? It's like my own personal second opinion to me. Sometimes I take a step back if I'm working on like if I'm working on a piece of music or if we're editing something for the show, like a trailer or a teaser. If I do it the night before and then I think about it the next morning and I'm like, well, maybe we should look at it. It's like it's still a second opinion, even if it's like, what what did I do last night? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I like that uh, that phrase, second opinion. That's uh, I don't think I've heard it described quite that way. And I, I think there's there's definitely something to that. Um, so what is your sense of time like when you get high? Great. Well, 
I'm gonna. I went to school for being a drummer, right? So my sense of time, I'd like to say, is not bad. But um, when I'm high, it can fluctuate depending on interest, right? So if I'm really into something and I stop paying attention about what's going on around me, yeah, you're gonna have some repercussions there. But if I'm if I'm really into something and I'm focusing on like say if I had to play a song live, like if we were playing shows live, it's not as apparent anymore. Of course, when when you first start understanding things, you might you might have them take over a little bit more of what you're trying to control. But for me now, it's it's pretty smooth. Like obviously, I don't recommend doing anything that's going to be important when you're smoking, because you want you want it to be important. Yeah, I, I liked your uh, use of the word repercussions as being a drummer, <laughs> playing uh, playing those repercussion instruments. You caught me. I liked it. Um, so when you uh, when you typically do some sort of activity or something, um, you feel like in general your sense of time is pretty good. Like you know, you know, it's been it's been an hour, or whatever. It doesn't feel slow or fast. But you, I think you said you start to um, if you start to lose your focus a little bit, that's when maybe you, the time can start to adjust. Yeah, and like you might you might feel bad about about those type of things a little bit more, but you. It's one of those things that comes with weed, you know, like I know some people will stop me and be like, man, you were really, you were really high on that kitchen coach episode of whatever I saw. And for me, I don't, I don't see it as much anymore. So maybe that's not a, a good thing, but, mm. but like, it's almost like it's, it's become, it's, it's comfortable, right? Like, it's not like a big, as I said, it's not like a big flashy thing for me. Right. Yeah. It's more of a, a subtle thing at this point. Absolutely. Nice. Um, what about your memory? Um, I think this is definitely related to focus and time. How how is your memory in general, and then how is your memory when you get high? So I I used to say that when I get high, I have to be high to remember those memories, which is a really interesting way to think about it. But after a while, I didn't like it because you want to remember some things, right? And I find that it definitely has some sort of fog to memory you definitely have that and especially when you try to think way back when you're stoned come on don't do that you know like your your memory is going to be the most clear when you are too right so obviously i feel a little bit of repercussions when looking back oh jesus i gotta stop using that word <laughs> but i i i feel a little bit of a a haze when when i try to think back but it's not it's not near as hard. Like I can remember some things in astounding detail because I was high at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I think it's sort of like focus where it can be, um, sort of like laser focused, but it can also be very wide focus. It almost like I wasn't paying attention. Well, yeah, but also, um, I mean, yeah, that's definitely when the memory thing starts to kick in. But it, it's funny with focus for, from what I've talked, uh, what people have said to me is that it's you, you can be laser focused on something, but sometimes you also get this very wide focus that you're almost focused on like everything all at once. Um, and it seems like memory can sort of be like that, too, where you can, like you said, it can be sort of hazy um, You and you and you don't remember things, but then 
sometimes you can remember things in a lot of detail uh, maybe better than when you were sober. I'm not sure. Obviously, this is not a scientific experiment, but uh, just based on what you said, um, I, I, it's it's weird that you can have sort of both sides with this one substance. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. And in a lot of ways, like I, I do feel what you said as well, right? Like it's a common thing where it's like it's almost like you can kind of put your tongue on it and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's one of those really frustrating things. I'm always having trouble coming up with words. Um, and it's like, oh, I know it. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. And or it's like, what was I just talking about? You know, this is, happens to me all day, every day. What was I just thinking about? What was I just doing? And it's just it's just gone. Um, but so you are a musician. You play the drums. Um, do you do anything else that you would consider creative? Do you do art, dance, anything like that? Um, not really, honestly. Like for me, music is my, my main focus in a lot of ways. So like I play the drums, I play guitar, I try to sing, like in school, I learned how to play piano. Like I found happiness in that. And the greatest part was that like cannabis goes well with it. Right. So. Yeah, well, so let, let's talk about creativity first. Um, how do you think uh, cannabis affects your creativity? Well, a little bit, as I said before, it's almost like I get to really embrace myself and I might I might make myself laugh. You know what I mean? Like, I hope I'm going to make you laugh, but some sometimes I aim to make myself laugh and, and have a good time, you know? Like, I uh, it takes a little bit of the focus off of maybe what's going to happen tomorrow. Like if you were stressing about you had a big exam or you had to interview with a new job tomorrow and you just want to have a moment to yourself, I find that it, it helps me focus in the moment too and just go with it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and so how do you think that that's connected to creativity specifically? Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I don't think you're thinking about how people are going to take this. You're thinking about what you're doing, right? Because with with the more focus, you are really if I'm if I'm sitting coloring a coloring book and I'm high, I'm going to color the shit out of that coloring book. But if I'm sober, I'm going to I'm going to be asking you why you handed me a coloring book, right? Mhm. Um and then what about um actually playing music? Um, and being high do you is is it different than playing music and when you're sober yes it's it's fun there's an element of just chilling with the music you know what I mean like when when you smoke a joint you sit on the couch and you're just in that couch and you're comfy there's an element of that within the music which which stands out a lot when you smoke and hopefully the other people in the room did too or else it's going to get interesting you might you might you might cause some uh, some <laughs> tension between the groove with like the difference between being slow or being on the beat or, or whatnot because sometimes you can be a little bit slow and not realize it. Like sometimes I've taken videos and tried to really pin it out, see what, see what was going on, right? Because a lot of it is very free and very beautiful because you get to truly see what you're capable of, right? But then a lot of when you like look back on it, you can also see the parts where you're like, okay, maybe I was a little stoned. Mm -hmm. 
do you feel do you like to play when you get high specifically do you like to play with people or do you like to play music by yourself i like to jam with people a lot i it's it's been a little hired with covid so for now like i find a real special spot which is sitting smoking and playing for a couple hours and just truly seeing where you stand right i get a lot of courage from it you know a lot of courage to do things that if i was sober i could probably do but my mind would think think me out of it yeah are there any uh, specific examples that you can think of like if i i was singing a new song and i was like wait i don't know all the words if I had smoked, I'd be like, I, I'd just look up the words and let's try this, right? Like, it's an encouragement. Mm. Do you um, do you have any examples of specifically trying something new uh, when you were high, either in singing or guitar or drumming? Um, just, yeah, a specific, spe- I can't talk, a specific example of trying something new because you were high. Totally. So, like, if, if we were... If we were, if I was having fun, like recording myself out in the studio, sometimes I'll be like, well, maybe I want this to sound different and I'll be able to come up with some outrageous sound. I remember we were using one for the back and to get this back on the couch, we were making the backing tracks for the couch on one of the episodes. And I remember I came, came up with this weird, almost like an explosion that sounded like it was falling down a tube. You just wouldn't think to, to put that in a song if I was sober. If you looked at me and said, you know, I like your little tune, but it needs an explosion. I would I would have some questions, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, what? So what about listening to music? Do you, what? how is listening to music when you're high different than when you're sober? So when I'm sober, I find... I'm analyzing it a lot in a in a, a strict manner. So it's like, what are they doing? And I need to know now, right? But when when I'm high, I'm take I'm taking it in. So like, it's all coming at me, and I, I'm hearing it come up from top right, the to top left. You're you're hearing the whole situation. There's a there's like a a sense of togetherness that I don't hear when I'm sober, and that's the that's the truth. And I'll tell that to anyone. A sense of togetherness, yeah, that is that is good. Where it's just all coming together, and you take it in, you take it in, and you you almost internalize a little bit of what the meaning of what was originally behind that piece of music that the artist was putting into, right? It's very, it's it's huge. It's like you're getting the message sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's sometimes it's just in awe, right? Like you can have those moments. And then do you pay more attention to the lyrics or the music uh, when you are high? Uh, you know, is it is and is that different than when you're sober? It actually is. And this is funny. So as I said, like I've been learning a lot of in- playing in instruments. And one of the things I've been learning the most is trying to sing. So when I'm sober, the words stick out more and I listen to what the song has to say. And when I'm not where I usually feel a bit more comfortable playing instruments, I I listen to the back music when I'm sober. So it's it's it isn't actually a change. Okay. Um. So what about movies and TV shows? Do you uh do you watch those and get high? And then how is your experience of those shows or movies different because you're high? The sh- the show is is great. Like sometimes I can't believe what's going on. 
And sometimes I take it too personal. Like if it's a horror movie and I, I, I like horror movies, but if I don't want to watch a horror movie and I'm watching a horror movie for some questionable reason, uh, I'll, I'll take it in and I might get anxious, you know, like, because I'm, I'm a little vulnerable in the moment when you're stoned, you're a little vulnerable. So what, what do you think is going on there? Why, um, why do you think maybe watching a horror movie might not be, uh, the best idea when you're high? Well, when when it's apparent that you don't want to do something, that just sticks out, and I don't think you can really shake it, especially then. Like it will bother you, right? Like it's it sticks with you a bit more, and it's kind of like a a red flag internally, almost. And then is so like in this specific example of horror movies, is it uh, horror movies and weed don't go together at all for you, or is it more that sometimes you're just not in the mood for it? And that's when it can become a problem. That that's definitely it. That that's when it becomes the problem, right? And like people, I find they'll say that they had a bad experience with weed when maybe that was the problem, right? Right. It was like maybe the specific situation or an aspect of the specific situation. So, are there um, maybe specific uh, types of TV shows or movies that are good for you when you do get high? That are like you know, like consistently safe. I th- I throw on the stand up comedy and um I'm a big big nerd so I-, I throw on maybe like some some updates on gaming and shit like I'll I like to learn about what's coming up next or I like to laugh right Yeah I mean who doesn't And then so like stand stand up comedy specifically what what how does it change what's going on there why why is that maybe extra funny when you're high or, or what do you like about what is happening with it uh, when you're high? I like I like when you're sitting there and like obviously jokes are meant to be funny. but And when they make a joke and you just know that this person has to be getting high to come to these conclusions, <laughs> that that just that just makes me laugh even harder. And you relate to that, right? So do you do you think a little bit more about sort of what's going on behind the scenes when you're high? Maybe almost like like what was he doing when he wrote this joke? You know, right. like where did he write this joke? Was it on the was it on his phone? Was he in the was he in his house sitting there writing on a piece of paper, you know, like coming up with this? Or do you think somebody made this for him, right? Like, you know, sure, like it's those sure. type of thoughts because now stand up comedy's an art and you're trying to figure that out, right? Like it's it was an art before, but to you, everything just stands out in a way, right? Mm-hmm. And so do you have similar thoughts of when you're watching just normal movies and TV shows? Uh, do you think about them in a different way? I I do, but I think a lot of that has to come with the experience of smoking as well, right? Like you, it, it starts to change how you think about things. And you can obviously come away from that and embrace yourself again and think about how you want to think things. But I think there is a change that once you see it, it's not like you can be like, well, I didn't see that. Right. So um, this is usually a question I save for later, but do you think that getting high has affected your sober life in some way? For instance, do you are you able to bring some of those high thoughts uh, to your conscious, you know, to your conscious brain when you're sober? And then, you know, are you able to change your situation or change the way you feel about a situation even though you're not high? Yeah, so like if I'm in a situation where 
I don't want to be in it. And I just go, I, I don't, I don't care. And want to get into that autopilot type of spot. I think about when, when I'm stoned, you know, like, because that's when I feel like capable and I feel like I can do things too. Right. So if I need to get through a hard part, I definitely relate to the thoughts that I have when I smoke, you know, just mm-hmm. to get through that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Okay, so we have not talked about food yet, uh, and you have a whole show that's about making food. Uh, so first question is, do you get the munchies when you get high? Sometimes really bad, and then sometimes I just want to go to sleep, it seems. Yeah. It's either one or the other. <laughs> um, and then just in general, what is your experience of food like when you get high? So I literally said this on the way home, but... Um, I usually don't want to eat chocolate, but if I get high, I want to eat chocolate. You know, like that that was my first thing that stood out to me and I was like this is weird. And I used to I used to go for like really sour candy too when I get stoned. But that um that ended up going downhill because just like in excess of any everything, you can only eat so many sour patch kids in a row. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and <laughs> so so for me now like I find like I don't it doesn't change too bad maybe a, a little bit sweeter if I'm really embracing that side right like if I want if I'm having my Friday I'll probably have like a chocolate bar or something silly just for that night or I find that if you drink s- soda ooh see I said it without yeah. without thinking about it I, I even tried to stop myself but if I have a drink a soda I'm going to want to drink it all if I'm stoned and that's that's the crazy thing too is I find I just it's almost like it's pure it's pure gluten right it's just like I just just give me the chocolate bar you know that feeling yeah I mean I definitely uh, would call that munchies and I would call this the end of part one so thank you to everybody for listening please do all those normal podcast things rate and review obviously on places like apple podcasts that is going to help me a lot give me a lot more exposure i hope that you are enjoying this and i think that other people would enjoy this podcast as well so go ahead and do that subscribe share send me an email send me a message tell me what you think about it just say hey what's up how you doing i want to talk to you people And then next week, look for part two of Justice's interview. Thank you and goodbye.